Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29 begins the last sermon that Moses is going to give. We've noticed in our study of Deuteronomy that this is really a collection of Moses' final sermon. Sometimes this book is misunderstood as just simply the retelling of the law again, and it's far from that. This is Moses explaining the law to the people through a series of sermons, and now we come to the last one as it appears that he is uh, merely days away from the Lord taking his life. And so you can imagine as Moses is rounding out his time and leading the people of Israel, that here they are on the other side of the Jordan. They're about to enter in the final things that Moses wants to say to the people. And in this chapter, this part of this sermon, he gives some very strong warnings to the people, a a grave concern that he has for them as they're about to come into the land of Canaan about the kinds of people they need to be. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight is we're going to look at the dangers that Moses identifies for the people and keeping the covenant that God has called for them to keep. And in doing so, we're going to see some very important messages about what it looks like for us and the heart that God desires out of us in for our ability to keep the covenant as well. In chapter 29, and you'll notice really in the first 15 verses, and we'll read quite a bit of this section, but overall you're going to have Moses give a reminder about all the things that God has done for Israel up to this point, and more than just a reminder to really cause them to reflect upon what this should mean for the people of Israel. In verse 2 of Deuteronomy 29, Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. The great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those those great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread and you have not drunk wine or strong drink that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Shion, the king of Heshbon and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it for an inheritance to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of the Manassites. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Let's start with that section. And I hope there was something in there that caught your attention as Moses delivers this sermon. As he says, now you've seen everything that God has done. You've seen what God did to Pharaoh and you've seen the signs and you saw the great miracles and all that has happened in that land. But then in verse 4 to say, but to this day, The Lord your God has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. We're going to explore that in this chapter because that seems to be really the big prominent point. 
You have seen what God has done, and yet you haven't seen what God has done. That's basically what he just told them. You've seen the mighty works of Pharaoh, and you saw those signs. In fact, in verse 5, you'll notice he says how God led you for 40 years in the wilderness. And guess what? Your clothes did not wear out. You know, you think about wandering in the wilderness. Where was the nearest J.C. Penny for them to get new shoes and to get new clothes? For 40 years, those clothes did not wear out day in and day out all of that time. And here Moses says, and you saw that. And in verses 7 and 8, and you saw the victories. Remember what these kings did to us on the way and how God conquered them. And we took their land and the inheritance is there for us. And then you'll notice in verses 9 through 15, in short, what he's just going to tell them is you are standing here today because God has allowed you to stand here today. I mean, just think about wandering in a desert for 40 years. The only reason you guys are alive and standing at this moment and about to enter the promised land is because God has kept you alive, has caused you to prosper, and has brought you to this very moment in time. And so you will notice that couched all around this statement about the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear, he then is describing all the things that they did see. All the experience that they had from all the way back in Egypt and the plagues, from the crossing of the Red Sea to the defeating of nations, to that their clothes didn't wear out, that God had been with them. He could have gone on and on. We could do cloud of fire and uh, pillar of fire and pillar of cloud and just go through a long list of all the things that God had been doing for them. And yet in the face of all of that, Moses says, But you still didn't see. And you still didn't hear. And you still didn't understand what God was doing. We're going to spend quite a bit in our lesson talking about what this means. That the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. And one of the things that you're capturing is God laying out that there is a big problem. You have seen all these things. God has done all these miracles and done all these signs. But actually, though you have seen it with your eyes, you have not understood what any of those things were supposed to mean for you. Or to perhaps push this a little bit more, you saw the facts, but you didn't see God through the facts. And this statement that he makes here about you have have not have a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. Friends, that is quoted all over the place in the scriptures. You might remember when Isaiah comes along and he's commissioned. And remember, we love the scene where he comes with a great train throne filling the throne room of God. You know, who's going to go out before me? And here's Isaiah. Here am I, send me. We build a song on it. We love Isaiah does that. But keep reading. And God says, now here's what's going to happen. You're going to keep preaching and they're not going to understand and they're not going to see and they're not going to hear. Keep on proclaiming and it's not going to work out. That's what Isaiah tells him, where he says, where God tells Isaiah, make the, the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind to the, blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. 
Well, how was Isaiah going to do this where their eyes were going to be blinded? What is God doing so that the people's hearts would remain dull? By preaching. That's what's so ironic about it. Is that Isaiah is going to go around proclaiming, here's what God says. And the more he would tell them, here's what God says, the more the people would shut their ears to what God says. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. It's one of my favorite chapters there about Isaiah chapter 28. It was just blah, blah, blah. Every time Isaiah spoke, they were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Jesus quotes this in Matthew chapter 13, where he then turns to the crowd and said, you're doing the exact same thing that Isaiah spoke about, that Moses spoke about. Same heart condition. You are seeing the miracles and the signs of Jesus, but it's not changing your heart. You're not comprehending. You're not grasping it. The Apostle Paul quotes this in Acts 28 and in Romans 11 as well, saying the very same thing. All these signs and works have been done by God, and yet you still do not see. In fact, one of my favorite declarations of Jesus in in John chapter 6, you have Jesus telling them in verse 43, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up on the last day. Over and over again, God is making this proclamation that you're not understanding. Here are all these signs and wonders. Here are all the works of God. And yet you are still not understanding. You are still not seeing. This was a huge problem in the life of Israel. It is interesting for the final speech of Moses. He is able to look at the second generation. And he says, you have observed so much. And yet you actually see nothing. It's the same thing that we kind of poke each other about and are surprised by. Like when we have Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And the response of the Jewish leaders is to try to go kill Lazarus. And you kind of go, now, wait a minute. (laughs) Didn't you just see something there? And the answer is no. Yes, they saw the observable fact. But they didn't understand it. They didn't understand what that was supposed to mean. They didn't see the power of God. They didn't see the message. And here's Moses saying, here are all these wonders and how God has brought you to this day, to this very moment that you are days away from entering into the promised land. And yet you still don't understand what God has done. You still don't have a heart of comprehension. This is the big premise that you have Moses then laying out in in this chapter. In fact, you'll see how this really lays out for the rest of where he goes in Deuteronomy 29, verse 16. You know how we lived in the land of Egypt, how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed, and how you've seen their detestable things, their idols of wood and stone and silver and gold, which were among them. Now listen to verse 18. Beware... Lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart saying, I shall be safe though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Watch verse 20. 
the Lord will be will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man and the curses written in this book will settle upon him and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven. Big warning section is laid out here. As Moses is trying to get them to understand, you need to beware of a heart, verse 18, that would turn away from God. He says, you went through these other nations and you saw their idolatrous practices. Don't have a heart like them. Don't have a heart that is turned away from worshiping the true and living God. In verse 18, he also says, Beware lest there be among you some root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. Watch out that you may have some roots in your heart that are evil and wicked, that are going to bear evil fruit, this poisonous and bitter fruit. And then he gives a description of what that would look like. I love this description in verse 19. Who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart. (laughs) And he says, here he is talking to himself. Here's here's what the mind is thinking inside. I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. (laughs) It's a good thing we never have anybody who gets in there and go, you know, I know what God says, but I'm going to be all right doing what I want to do. That's exactly this individual. This is the person that comes along. Yeah, I just heard what the covenant said. I know what God says, but I'm going to be okay. It's going to go fine with me. I'm going to be just fine as I keep doing whatever I want to do as he blesses himself in his heart. I want you to notice what God says about this individual in verse 20 when he says, the Lord is not going to be willing to forgive. And I hope one of the things that we catch that we have seen again and again, and I hope if if I were to ask you, what is the big message of the book of Numbers? You would respond to me. The big message of the book of Numbers is God does not accept rebellion. And rebellion has been a big issue. And now he comes and he says, now, if you have a heart like that, God is not going to forgive and disaster is going to come upon that person. I think particularly interesting when it says in verse 21, the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity in accordance with the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. Notice the curse is not just simply national. God says, even the individual in Israel who walks in the stubbornness of his heart, who allows this poisonous root in his heart, who thinks he can do whatever he wants to do, even though he knows what the covenant says, he says God's going to bring curses upon that individual. God is going to deal with that individual. And so you're catching this big warning that God wants them to hear through the mouth of Moses for them to understand and they should watch their heart to be aware of their heart, a warning to consider the kind of heart that they have. Ultimately, what Moses does in chapter 29 is he's going to start speaking about these blessings and curses that he's already covered and what the implications of that are going to be in chapter 30. He stops in the middle of that in chapter 29 and says, I want you to know that all of these problems begin in the heart. These things are a heart problem. 
it is fascinating to me that sometimes the Old Testament is portrayed as, you know, lacking heart. Notice that's not at all what God has ever said. Here is Moses putting his finger on it and saying, don't have a stubborn heart. Don't have a rebellious heart. And that any of the roots of evil and bitterness that this description that's given, this poisonous root that would bear this kind of fruit, those are the things that need to be dealt with. That needs to be ripped out of their lives. It's funny that you'll notice in verse 24, What will happen is all the nations are going to say, why has the Lord done this to the land? Why? What has what caused the heat of this great anger? You know, judgment's going to come upon Israel for this kind of heart. And all the nations are going to say, now, why did this terrible judgment happen? And verse 25, the answer is going to be the people are going to say it's because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land and they went and worshiped and served other gods. And that's why the anger of the Lord was kindled. That's going to be the answer. They didn't have the right heart. It's so interesting that what you see Moses saying is that God had worked all these signs and wonders, had cared for the people in the wilderness, had taken care of them, Clothing doesn't wear out. Sandals don't wear out. Protected by nations when they came up and attacked. Set free from Egyptian slavery. And yet in the face of all of that, their hearts had not changed a bit. The heart was still stubborn, still self-centered, and not focused upon God. And I want to focus on that idea in verse 18 that's given here about this heart that has bears this poisonous and bitter fruit i like that when the writers speak of it being like a root you don't have to live life very long to have to figure out the problem of weeds (laughs) and you know that if you go out and you pull weeds and you only get the tops of them how is that going to go for you in a couple of days (laughs) they're going to return right back where they were. In fact, one of the great cons you can do is if you have a bunch of weeds in your lawn is for that one day when you mow the lawn, man, your grass looks great. (laughs) You just cut all the tops of those weeds right off, all those silly flower weeds that are in there and all that. Man, for one day, your lawn looks like you are a lawn king and it just looks beautiful. But then the next day, and there they are again, All of those weeds are right there and they all come sprouting back up. And what Moses is doing is saying, if you are going to deal with these problems, you have to get to the root of the problem. You can't just stay on the surface. The issue that Israel has at this moment as they're about to cross into the promised land is you haven't ripped out the roots Beware of this root that is going to cause poisonous and bitter fruit. And he says, listen to what that root looks like. It says in your heart, I will be fine doing what I want to do, even though God says otherwise. Moses says, that's what has to get ripped out of your heart. That's the weed that flourishes in the heart that causes the wrath of God says that is what needs to be dealt with. 
In fact, I think it is interesting that the writer of Hebrews speaks to the very same imagery. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Pursue peace with everyone in holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God. Okay, don't fall short. And that no root of bitterness springs up causing trouble and defiling many. Here's the, are you pulling the roots out? You know, you think about what that looks like because it is such a warning for the heart. That we would not seal our fate by allowing these roots to remain in our hearts. And Moses is doing a great job to Israel and pointing out the problem to them and saying what God has done has that He has not changed their heart, that they are not any different, that everything that God had done had not impacted their lives in the slightest. In fact, we saw that as we walked through the book of Numbers, right? We come into the second generation and we think, oh, they're going to do so much better, right? And they don't do any differently. Well, they've seen all the wonders that they'd seen everything that God had done. They enjoyed everything that God had done, but they did not see, they did not hear, and they did not understand. Friends, that can so easily happen to us. It is so easy to think that we clearly see when we don't see at all. I think we have an understanding when we don't understand at all. There is such a temptation for us to see the cross, to see Christ, to see the gospel. And yet our lives do not bear fruit that shows that we have allowed that to truly impact and change our lives. It is the same old us that we've seen it but we don't really see it. We've heard the message, but we really don't understand it, and it hasn't caused a dramatic life change. We are the same worldly people, and that is what Moses is doing here to these people and saying, you don't understand that you don't see it. You think you're fine as the people of God, and you're not. In essence, what Moses is telling them, all that you've done is you've mowed over the top of the weeds and allowed the roots to stay in your heart. And you look pretty being the people of God, but you haven't changed a bit. You have all the externals looking good. Oh, it's easy to do. We can mow our spiritual grass on Sunday so that it looks really great to everybody around us. We look beautiful. Look like there's no weeds in any of us. Beautiful looking grass. And tomorrow it's full of weeds the next day. Because we're unwilling to get to the root of the problem. We're unwilling to deal with the problem of sin that's in us. Instead, we stay surface level. This is what Moses is telling them. That this is why the Lord hasn't given you a heart to understand. You haven't put in the work to comprehend what God has done. You have stayed surface level. This leads to this last part of chapter 29. Probably if you know anything of Deuteronomy 29... You know verse 29 because it's one of the favorite quoted verses. Hey, the secret things belong to God. And so there you go. And I want you to notice that's completely ripped out of context. Let's understand what this really means. Because that's not really what he's saying. Verse 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. 
Notice the point that he's getting at. The point is not to come to the end of his sermon and go, well, you know, the secret things, who knows, you know, and so I guess good luck to you as you try to serve God and I'm going to now go up on this mountain and die. That's not his point at all. The point really is quite the opposite to say, God has revealed everything you need to do to obey the law. That's what the rest of the sentence is. The things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. Why? So that we may do all the words of this law. God has revealed everything we need to obey His law. That's the message Moses is getting at. And the point is, yeah, you might have incomplete knowledge. There are secret things that only belong to God. But that's not important to your obedience. God has revealed what you need to know so that you can follow Him and serve Him. There's all kinds of things that we can sit down and pontificate about and go, I want to know about X, Y, and Z. Those are secret things that we don't know the answer to, but they are not necessary to do what God has called us to do. To put it to the context of what Moses has just said, Finding the roots of wickedness in our hearts is not impossible. God has told you what is required of you. God has told you what it looks like to be a follower of His. God has told us what we need to do to make heart changes. And it is not up for us to go, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Moses is rounding out with his final sermon and saying, you have everything you need for obedience. And the message is it was going to require a complete commitment to this covenant to completely know all that God has said and to do those things if you're going to see what God is doing in your life. That is a huge message that Moses is trying to get across to them. Is you are never going to see what God is doing If you stay surface level with his word and just go, okay, yep, here I am and just floating along in life. That's what Israel had done. And he says, you haven't begun to understand what God is trying to accomplish and what God is actually doing. It requires a complete commitment, a total loyalty. If you think about the different sermons that Moses has proclaimed to the people up to this point, Every single one of them has been a message of God deserves your loyalty. God deserves your loyalty. He never is. Well, here's what you have to do. Here's what God has done. Have you seen what God has done? Have you seen how God has brought you to this point in life? Here's Israel standing at the brink of the promised land. Do you realize that God has brought you to this moment, Israel? Have you seen what God has done for you up until this point? Is it registering with you? And unfortunately for Israel, as we have noted in the various quotations throughout the Old and the New Testament going forward, they never do. Isaiah comes along and says, you still don't see. Jesus comes along and says, you still don't see. Paul comes along and says, you still don't see. Twice Paul says, you don't see. It is so important that we consider how we cannot remain in the stubbornness of our hearts, believing that there's not going to be any consequences. 
to remain in the stubbornness of our hearts and think that this is all going to be okay. To remain in our disobedience and think that God is not going to be concerned. And most importantly, to remain in our disobedience means we are not going to have the heart to see, to hear, and to understand. Why does Israel not see, hear, or understand? Because they remain in the stubbornness of their hearts. Because it was far more about doing what they wanted to do rather than coming to an understanding of what God has done. I tremble at this message that Moses gives Israel because Moses is telling a bunch of people who have seen the works of God, who have seen that their clothes didn't wear out, who have seen God destroy enemies, who have seen God feed them from heaven, just walk out of your tent and there's the food. They have seen numerous miracles on a daily basis. And they've even heard the very voice of God at Mount Sinai. And they don't trust or obey the Lord. That's a frightening thing. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the signs. They've seen God provide. And even still, they do not trust in the Lord or obey Him. Simple point for you tonight. I don't think anybody would raise their hand and say, pulling weeds is easy. I look forward to every Saturday going outside and pulling weeds. That's just a hoot. It's just so much fun. You know what's easier to do? Just let it go. <laughs> you know, uh, I like it. I like Evan's view of of weeds. If you've ever talked to him about weeds in his yard, he'll say, "Weeds are just things that are unwanted, and I want these." <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to look at it. There you go. It's fine. No worries. And yet it is so critical that we don't have that mentality to the spiritual weeds of our hearts. Pulling out the weeds in our lives, it hurts. It's painful. It's a long process to get to the root of the matter. It is easy to pluck off the little leaves of sin and go, okay, things look a little better right now. I've stopped for the day or for the week. But I would challenge each of us when it comes to sin to really consider what is the root of those sins. What is the root of this thinking, the root of this behavior, and to be willing to do the hard work by grabbing the root and pulling it out of our hearts. It's a brilliant sermon that Moses provides Israel. You've seen so much, and yet you've seen nothing at all. I pray that we would never stand before God on the day of judgment and our Lord would say, you saw so much. You saw the cross. You saw Moses. You saw Abraham. You saw Jesus. You saw the apostles. You've seen the signs and the wonders. You've heard the message. You know what God has done. And yet we hadn't seen anything at all because we don't have changed lives. We encourage each of us to truly attack the roots and deal with the things that need to be dealt with, not ignore them anymore, 
not pretending that it's okay, but really get to the heart of the matter. Is there any way we can help you do that tonight? It's our encouragement to you as we're about to sing this song to, for you to consider where you stand before God and to consider if you have a heart problem before God that needs to be dealt with. We're here to help you in any way. If you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, we want to be able to do that for you. If you need prayer so that we can encourage you in your walk with God, whatever we can do, won't you come forward now while we stand